0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from the New King James Version, and it says this, And I, brethren, the Apostle Paul speaking, and I, brethren, Could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Notice he said, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Now, we're going to find out in this very book, along about the 12th, 13th, and 14th chapters, that this is a very spiritual church. This is a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit. They they are speaking spiritual languages. And in, uh, in fact, Paul goes on to say, you're talking in tongues all the time. In fact, you're talking in tongues so much that when people come to church, they just hear people talking in tongues, but they, they're they not hearing something that they can understand and comprehend. And so he's actually telling them, tone it down and make sure to walk in love. Make sure to do things when you're together that are edifying and beneficial to other people. So this is a very, very spiritual church. Spiritual gifts were flowing through this church. Miracles were happening. Gifts of healings were happening. And yet he tells them, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. So notice signs, wonders, speaking in tongues, that is not a sign of being highly mature and highly spiritual in the kingdom of God. Because Paul said, Even though you do all those things, maybe more so than any other church that we can see, at least from the text of Scripture in the New Testament, he said, even though you do all those things, I could not speak to you as a spiritual people, as a mature spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to fleshly people still, as to babes in Christ. He goes on to say, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. I I was not giving you deep teaching. I was giving you milk. (laughs) Can you believe it? When we read through this book, you're thinking, is this milk? Because there's some pretty heavy things that he is conveying and teaching in this book. He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. And now we get down to why he says they're carnal. He said, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you? Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So now he's down to it. He said, it's not so much that you can or cannot speak in tongues or can or cannot work miracles or perform other gifts of the Spirit. No, he said, you can do that. You can prophesy like crazy. He said, but you have a problem with maturity in Christ in that you are in envy, strife, and there are divisions among you. You're behaving like mere men. You're behaving like human, regular human beings. And you're supposed to be full of the heart of God, full of the love of God, full of love for one another to walk in unity. And there should be no envy. Anybody, uh, I, why can't I do that? Why didn't they ask me to play that role or Why don't they come and let me teach them instead of going to that other person to get taught or ask them for advice instead of me? Strife, division, bickering, uh, criticism and such. Paul said, yeah, that's that shows that you're still immature because you're doing that. Because mature people do not do that. Spiritually mature people do not do that. And Paul said, I couldn't even get into the deep things. I couldn't unpack the deep things with you because you're carnal. You gotta get this love thing down. You have to get this humility thing down. You have to get this unity thing down before I can really get into the deep things with you because you're behaving like mere human beings. Four, verse four, when one says, I am of Paul, I am of, uh, Apollos, another says, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He said, when you start to say, well, I'm a Paul, I believe like Paul. And Paul's the one, he's the, he's the man. Paul is the one that can teach, man. I'm telling you, he knows the word of God. And somebody else says, no, I'm Paulus. man. He's eloquent. He's powerful in the scriptures, man. The way that he comes across his presentation, you know, and he's got those ways of saying things, man, I'm, I'm of a And Paul said, Hey, wait a minute. He said, when you start dividing yourselves from one another, based on which teacher you like the most, which one you think is the wisest, the smartest, the most spiritual and such. He said, aren't you carnal? Isn't that fleshly? Notice this. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. In other words, they're only vinduits. They're only conduits. They're only the delivery boys. They didn't write the newspaper. They just delivered the newspaper to your home. God is the one that has the truth, but these are messengers of the truth. So don't give all the credit to the messengers and divide yourselves from one another into the groups by messengers. No, he said, look, they're all from the Lord. And these are the messengers that the Lord sent. And then look at verse six. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, But God gave the increase. Notice the teamwork. He said, I planted. I did a part. Apollos came and watered. He taught things that watered what I uh, shared and added to them, brought another perspective to the same thing. And he said, but God's the one that actually gave the increase. God gave the increase. God's the one that's really behind this, making it happen, causing the power of God's word, to germinate in our hearts, to grow up and become greater, etc. Verse 7, so then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. He said, don't focus on the human uh, means by which it comes to you. Focus on God, the source. Verse 8, now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. He said, it is true that Paul, Apollos, Cephas, which is Peter, and others, he said, it is true that each one of them will be doing their job to the best of their ability or not. In other words, some of them give it their all and really serve the Lord with keen obedience and are fervent about doing everything right, and others are a little more lax, and don't quite lean into the Lord, aren't quite filled with the Spirit like they ought to be. And he said, and each one will receive his reward according to his own labor. He said, so it is true that some are just nailing it with their grace, their calling, their assignment more than others. And they'll get a reward, uh, those will, who are doing it with everything they've got. Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field. You are God's building. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So let's just stop there. I like what he said in verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given me, according to the grace of God, which was given me. In other words, I can't speak for Apollos. I can't speak for Peter and the others. He said, but God gave me the apostle Paul. God gave me a grace And according to the grace of God that was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. So Paul's grace as an apostle was to be sent. That's what the word apostle means, sent, was to be sent into places primarily where the gospel had not been preached. And he was going into a place that where people had not heard about the Lord He was teaching, he was winning people to the Lord, he was laying a foundation of doctrine, of theology, of how the church should function, how we should treat each other, how we should serve the Lord, how we should worship him, how we should meet together, etc., etc. He said, I came in where there was no foundation, I laid a foundation. But then God gives grace to other people like Apollos who come in and build on the foundation that I have laid. My grace is to come in and lay foundations or to shore them up. And other people will come in and build on those foundations. So he's saying, do you see how our graces work together? He said, but I was just doing my grace. And then he goes on to say that whoever builds on the foundation, he said, the foundation has to be Jesus Christ. The end of verse 11. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And then verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, notice those first three, gold, silver, precious stones. And notice the next three, wood, hay, straw. (laughs) Two completely different lists. He said, whatever building materials you use to build on, Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So notice when you're talking about fire, well, gold, silver and precious stones. Well, fire is not going to bother them. No, but when you're talking about wood, hay and straw, what's fire going to do to wood, hay and straw? Burn them up. See, so he's saying I could come in and just with some fleshly systems, just some knowledge, just some strategy and principles here and there and the other. But he said, all that'll burn up. But if I come in with righteousness, if I come in with truth, if I come in and establish things in your hearts, in your lives, in your relationships, in your processes that you have as a church that are from God's word, well, that's not gonna burn up. So he said, uh, when people come in to build, some of what they build, Maybe human strategies that are just burned up. It doesn't really hold water, so to speak. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It's not sustained in a fire. God will judge it, and it will prove to be inadequate. It'll prove to be insufficient. It's subpar to what the standards of the kingdom of God are. He said, but some people will come in and build on the foundation of Jesus Christ with a good solid truth and then when God judges it it'll stand strong and firm. Goes on to say in verse 14 if anyone's work which he has built on it endures he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet through yet so as through fire. So in other words he's saying just because somebody came in and built with insufficient building materials and they didn't really establish things the way that they should have, but they were trying, well, that doesn't mean just because the works that they established are burned up that they themselves are not saved. He said they can be saved, but their works still be all burnt up. And of course, they don't receive a reward for the works that are burnt up. And then in verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So you collectively, you Church of Corinth, you're a temple along with the rest of the body of Christ. You're a a temple of the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, now people take this to mean just your own body. Yeah, that would be true, but he's talking to all of them too that you together as a body, the church, the church body, if you're destroying that by criticizing one another and putting each other down like the world does to people, he said, then don't you know that you're going to put yourself on the wrong side of God and God's going to have to defend his own body against you? And that's unnecessary. It goes on to say, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are, talking to you, the people of God. Verse 18, let no one deceive himself. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become as a fool that he may become wise. In other words, if you really are wise, then you won't try to show off with it. You won't try to argue with everybody over it. If you're wise, you won't do that. You'll be humble and uh, you'll become uh, quiet sometimes and like, like you don't know, like you're a fool. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. I love this. The wisdom of this world, the smartest, the most intelligent person in this world that doesn't know God is foolish with God. The wisdom of this world, their wisdom is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. So people in this world that don't know the Lord, they don't believe the Bible is the truth, but they just have their own philosophies and science and, and everything that they've learned from secular uh, philosophy and such. Well, they think they're so smart, but God says, that's all nonsense. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Therefore, let no one boast in men. Let no one boast in men. And then he says this, for all things are yours. Now catch this, for all things are yours. Verse 22, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, that's Peter, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. All are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God. So notice he's coming back to what he was saying before when, in fact, in the The earlier part of 1 Corinthians, he says it too, but certainly in this chapter, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Well, now he's coming back and he's saying, some of you say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, which is, I'm of Peter. And Peter, by the way, walked with Jesus and Paul didn't walk with Jesus and Apollos didn't walk with Jesus. You could just hear people talking like that. Peter was the number one apostle. He walked with the Lord and the Lord left him in charge. You could just hear that kind of talk. But here's what he says. He's saying, why are you dividing up from one another? And notice these words, the last three words in verse 22. All are yours. We're all yours. We're all gifts to you. Do you remember it says in Ephesians 4, when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. He said, we're all gifts to you. Why are you just trying to take one gift and run with it? Say, yeah, this is the gift that I really like. This is the one. He said, we all belong to you. Appreciate all the gifts. You know, at Christmas time or on your birthday, if you get multiple gifts. Well, you don't like all the gifts the same. But that doesn't mean you have to sit there while everybody's looking at you, having opened the gifts and say, I really like that gift. Yeah, I really like that gift. Well, that's going to hurt people's feelings, alienate people unnecessarily, instead of just saying, thank you, everybody. Man, all these nice gifts. You may have one or two that you really like more than the others, but that doesn't mean that you have to glory in those and lift them up and put the others down. No, you could say, thank you very much. And that's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, Apollos, Peter, myself, Barnabas, Titus, Timothy, Silas, on and on and on. James and John, he said, we all belong to the body of Christ. Appreciate, enjoy, let's stay in unity. Let's all be thankful for one another. Now that is maturity. And he ends like this. He said, for all are yours, verse 23, and you are Christ's and Christ is God. He said, it's not limited to just us being in unity with one another. He said, you're Christ's and Christ is God's. So all this works together with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ. He said, let's be mature, and let's walk in love, and let's appreciate one another. And so that's 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I look forward to tomorrow, chapter
0: 4. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.